everyone, and welcome to this conversation presented by White House Custom Color. I'm Jed Toffer. Thanks for listening. You know, my wife Vicki and I have owned and operated our photography studio, V Gallery, for 20 years now. White House has been our lab for the last 16 of those years, and we could not be happier. White House is a family-run business, just like ours. If you haven't already, check them out at whcc.com. And if you want to drop me a line, feel free to email me at jed at whcc.com. There are some people that can just spout off pearls of wisdom from their experience over and over. Gary Box is one of those people. His brain moves a mile a minute, so you have to be ready for all he has to say. A lot of times people will listen to podcasts at 1.5 or even 2x speeds. I'd recommend slowing this one down. Um, so, okay. So Gary Box, um, I started in, uh, 1989 is when I started my studio. So mm-hmm. photography had been a hobby for me. I got started in high school doing the yearbook and newspaper thing. And, and in Oklahoma. In yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah. In right. Sepulpa, Oklahoma. It's right on route 66. So photography was a hobby. I was going to college, uh, studying marketing and I was working in retail. I had an amazing, amazing experience and job. I, it was literally one of those life changing experiences. And, um, uh, so I was working in retail. I learned to do, I learned how to sell. I, I learned that there was a higher level of customer than I could ever perceive coming from very humble, modest right. uh, beginnings. Right. And I couldn't believe that people would actually spend this amount of money. Yeah, I get that. So, um, the store that I went to work for was called the wilderness adventurer. It was an outdoor backpacking mountain climbing supply store. Um, you know, similar to a high end, REI or something like that. And, um, I, I got a job there because I was also into outdoor stuff. I had been a boy scout and, Mm -hmm. you know, I, this was someplace that I'd been in and I'm like, Oh my God, I can't afford anything in here, but this is so cool. You know, could never buy anything there. I saw a job for management training, went in and applied for it. And, um, the owner, I guess he, I guess he kind of liked me and he gave me a catalog and a book and he said, go home, study chapter five on sleeping bags, come back on Monday and I'll test you. So, um, I came back and he started asking me really basic questions and I'm answering every question. I've got this. And his questions keep getting harder and harder. And I've got this. My one gift in life is a pretty amazing memory. You do have a good memory. I know that about you. And so anyway, he literally couldn't stump me and he hired me. So I learned how to sell. I learned much more about running a business. It Mm. was... I what I learned was literally life-changing. Yeah. And so then he retired and sold the company to another man who was not a very good person, not a very good business person. Um, and I learned how to not run a business from him Two phenomenal lessons in one job. Awesome. Yeah. So I, I left there rather abruptly and I'm thinking, wow, where, where do I go now? What do I do? Mm. And I'm like, I'm very good at high end retail. You know what I would love to work at camera gallery, the camera store in Tulsa where I bought all my stuff. And how old were you? I was at this point, uh, I think I was 21. Okay. So I go into camera gallery and Eli was the owner. He knew me as a customer and I'm like, Eli, you know, Hey, I'm really good at high end retail sales. I love photography. You know, I'm a customer here. I want to come to work for you. When can I start? 
And literally, I asked him, when could I start? <laughs> what did he say? And he's like, well, you know, I'd love to hire you, but I don't have any openings. I'm oh. like, oh, well, keep it in mind because this would be awesome. Yeah. The next morning, my phone rings and it's Eli. <laughs> he says, you're not going to believe this. Someone just turned in their two week notice. <laughs> Come in and let's talk. <laughs> so I went to work for Eli at the camera gallery in Tulsa selling camera stuff. Um, and I was up against salespeople that had been there for like eight years and 12 years, you know, people with established clientele. And my second month there, I had high total sales. My third month, high total sales, fourth month, fifth month. And every, I was always either number one or number two on the sales yeah. charts because I could sell yeah. and I love this stuff. My customers knew that I knew a lot about photography and they'd come in and they go, yeah, I need a light meter. And I'd say, be, I would tell them, this is the one you need to buy right here. This will do what you want it to do. And I would always steer them in the right direction. Right. The next time they needed something, they would come in. Ask for you. Ask for me. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, he, he sold me the perfect light meter. Right. And whatever I told them to buy, they would buy. Mm -hmm. And I would never, ever steer anybody wrong. You were a knowledgeable and honest salesperson. Absolutely. Yeah. Both, uh, of, I, both of those things. I believe in never overselling someone nor right. underselling them right. either. And so that made me successful at sales. And while I was there, I started doing some part-time work for several of the Tulsa studios. I, I jokingly called myself a photo hoe. You pay me, I would shoot it. Okay. So I would, I was an associate photographer, like one photographer that did weddings. I would go to a wedding with him. He passed away years ago, Johnny Gonzalez, and he would shoot a wedding and I would assist. And then he would leave and go shoot another wedding and I would stay and cover the reception. Yeah. And, um, I was doing things like that. And I, I mean, I, I started at the bottom, Jed. I, yeah. I was literally doing pets on Santa's lap at a pet store at Christmas and uh, college fraternity party picks and things like That's that. That's the bottom. That's the bottom, <laughs> yeah. I, I did. I started at the absolute bottom and clawed my way to the top. I thought the pets sounded close to the bottom and then the fraternity picks. That's that's the bottom. Yeah, yeah, that's the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> Party big dude. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, so that's where I came from. And, you know, I found a, I, I found, recently found a price list from 1991 that I have shared with a few people. And my largest package was two hundred and thirty nine dollars. It was a 16 by 20. Four, eight by 10, six, five by sevens and eight oh. opening folio and 48 oh. wallets. $239. <laughs> Let's say things have come a long way since they, then. They certainly have. <laughs> now that's about what my session fee costs. Right, right, So right. That's uh, not even probably what your session fee so, costs. So, you know, I, I started, I, I built my business up. Uh, so I... I was working at Camera Gallery and I was growing and growing in photography and doing things on the side. I decided, you know, I, maybe photography is where I need to be. Mm -hmm. And the studio that had been in my town for 22 years, the old man decided to retire and shut down. And I'm like, wow, there's, there's opportunity. Mm -hmm. So he sold off some of his gear. I bought a couple of pieces of gear and he basically closed his doors and moved out. I immediately went and leased the space he just moved out of. The perception was that I bought out the studio, right? but I did not. You didn't I just, pay him any money. No, I didn't pay him any money. I just slipped into the same spot, leased the same spot afterwards. Had, so, your own, had your own business and your own name. That, that gave me a route. And you know, the funny thing is in the early days, people would write out checks with the old studio right. name and you know, the bank never questioned them. I, I, de <laughs> I deposited every one of as them. As long as it went into your account. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, and nobody ever questioned it. So it went well. So my first nine months, I worked three days a week at the studio, three days a week at the camera store. Yeah. And I printed black and white darkroom work for several photographers and I printed black and white work five nights a week. 
So you printed, so, you were, you were really into printing. Back I then. was, I, I had an amazing black and white dark room, mm. uh, back in the day and I loved, loved it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I actually did all the hand processing and printing for the camera store. I would take it home at night oh. and I was a subcontractor in it right. as well. So mm. my first nine months of opening the studio, I didn't pay myself a dime. I just, I lived on what I was making at the camera store and on the printing and I've always lived within my means. So, uh, so I did that and that helped get me established. And then I decided to go full time after about nine months. And I started in 1989 was whenever I started the studio and, uh, nine months part time and then went full time since then. And that's uh, all I've been doing since then is shooting people. Now, it seems to me like you're in a unique position relatively in that you have this and, and there's other people like this too. And we both know a lot of them, but you have this deep history and with lots of experience that has given you a really solid foundation fundamentally and from a fundamental standpoint that is that is it possible in today's world to even get that the way that you did not the way i did you know and a big difference now is whenever i started and was learning shooting medium format film every frame of film costs a dollar and a quarter right literally every time i went click on my camera that was a dollar and a quarter right. whether it was a good picture or a bad picture and you were pretty conscientious of oh, that like absolutely. Every, everybody was like, you had to be because right. every bad picture you paid for right one big difference now with digital is the bad ones are free <laughs> that's really, so you that's a great you have, way to put it you have people that will take 300 pictures to get three good ones. Right. That's 1%. Right. Can you suck more than 1%? Right. You have to try really hard at it. Disclaimer, for those who don't actually know me, I don't have much of a filter and I call things as I see them. <laughs> that's why, that's so why we're doing this, brother. In, in my early days, my standard basic senior session was one roll on a Hasselblad, which was 12 shots. Yeah. If you blinked on one, you got 11. Yeah. My super session was a roll of 220, a double roll for 24 shots. Right. Oh my God. How can I even think of 24 different pictures? Isn't that something? Yeah. It, it, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But so, you know, and you had very little latitude. You had to get it right. You, you know, it, it was all in your head and your light meter and you had to understand these things. You, there was no screen on the back to check it and see, you didn't see the image for a week later when it came back from the lab. So is the big, is a big difference because of that technology, that technological gap that we have, we're in a position these days that we're kind of enabled and we're kind of able to be lazy. Oh, for lack of a better word. No, I think it's the perfect word. It it lazy and undisciplined. And not even, but it's not even like people think of it that way because they don't know other, any other way. Right. And like newer people, when you come in, like nobody, uh, people that are coming in these days, they don't know what it was like to have to like rely on so many different things and try with every shot super hard because you're spending a buck 25 every time you push the button. So it's like, you can't hold it against them in one way. Right. Right. But in the other way, how is it that how is it that those fundamentals and that foundation can still be conveyed or can still be built well i've really been 
trying to teach and focus on those core fundamentals. Um, you know, in, back in the day, and now I sound like a really old dude. Back in the day, we used to have to walk uphill both ways to school. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, you know, we had people like uh, Frank Criccio and Monty yeah. Zucker, yes. amazing educators that, yeah. you know, that said, this is what's right. This is what's proper. Mm-hmm. But I think I'd kind of like not, to talk about Do we not have that, that now? We don't really. We don't? I mean, it's a, it's a free for all. Okay. And okay. So there's good and there's bad about that. So okay. those of us who learned old school, we learned by a pretty rigid set of rules. Those rules w- were great to learn, but as things have expanded and our capabilities have expanded, one of the things that I found is those rules can become an inhibition. They can actually stifle your own creativity and things like that. Sure. So some of the new people that never learned the rules, I look at them and they have this unbridled passion and they're willing to try things that the rules say, oh, that won't work. And I have fought really hard with that own struggle inside myself to, to let loose of some of those rules and try things. And you know, what I have found is many of the people who were I don't want to use the word old. I want the people who are classically trained. Right. Okay. Their, their head says, no, that's not going to work. And they don't even try it. Right. And so the, the new people have this unbridled creativity that I think has elevated photography to a new level. Right. And, and I absolutely want to recognize that I have worked really hard at trying to compromise those two as well. Um, to have, you know, to be able to do a new and modern style, but yet still keep some of those traditional values and know their importance of, you know, where the light goes. So it's almost like you can break or bend the rules well. Yes. And you can break or bend the rules terribly. Absolutely. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it's perfect. One of my, one of my uh, quotes that I have said many times is if we break a rule for a creative reason, that is where art comes from. If we break a rule out of ignorance, that is where crap comes from. (laughs) It's the gospel truth. Okay. It really is. Okay. So, and how do do you know then? I mean, I, I get, I get what you're saying, but for a new person or someone that, that only has known digital, maybe even in the last five or 10 years, and they don't even, they're not even aware of what things were like before when, when people were, as you say, classically trained. How do you know if it's all about breaking or bending the rules and there aren't, you know, the, then the, then the, the objective standards are kind of murky. They How are. do you know which is which? Uh, it can be difficult. And, you know, so I, I go back to the basics whenever I teach mm-hmm. and I start there and, you know, I, I, I talk about basic light patterns on a face, you know, short light, broad light, you know, what is loop lighting? What, you know, a lot of new people, they hear some of these things, but they really don't know what they mean. Right. You know, and, and I didn't either. Whenever I first started, sure. I, I thought short lighting is what you use on someone under five, four. <laughs> You know, right. And you know, broad lighting is what you use on someone really heavy, I guess. I, I, you know, I don't know. I'd be broad lighting. Yeah. We'd be broad lighting you. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, and, and honestly, I didn't know these things whenever I began and I had to learn them and I learned them from people who taught them and shared with me. I had some amazing people share with me whenever I was getting going and, you know, and I asked, you know, it's like, how do I repay you? And, you know, I was told that the way I repay them is someday I would be in the position to help others. And that's how I repay them. Mm. The pay it forward concept. Pay it forward, right. And, you know, and 
I believe I've done that a hundred times over or a thousand times over. I I absolutely have a passion for helping and educating people. A lot of people are into, you know, teaching photographers for profit and I'm my, my profit is knowing you did well. The best thing that happens to me is when one of my former students sends me a photograph of the Harley that they bought with their increase in business this year. Nice. When they report back that after taking my class, their average sale went from seven hundred to sixteen hundred dollars. Nice. That's my reward those are, those right are, there. Those are great things when that happens. Yeah, I, I I'm really passionate about helping others and watching them grow. I don't want to I don't want to knock everybody down. I want to lift them up and and see them succeed. So what are the what are the sort of fundamentals that you prioritize when you're when you're speaking to people? Like what? How does that, what does that look like if you're helping them build a foundation with these core fundamentals of photography? Well, you know, um, I guess one of the things I've heard over and over is my teaching style is that I break complex things down really simple. Mm-hmm. I, I try to think as, oh, okay, what is the most basic way I can convey this information? Sure. And, you know, to give you a, a, an example of that is I was one of the very early digital adopters right. and uh, I wrote the very first Photoshop book for photographers in 1989. And in 89? In 89. Uh, no, I'm sorry, 98. Okay. No, yeah, no, no, 1998 is still very early. Yeah, 98. Um, yeah, right. no, 80, 89, we didn't have it yet. Right. So I right. started with Photoshop version two. Okay. Yeah. Not CS2, version yeah, two. two, right. And so at this point, I was doing uh, digital work in the early days as a creative tool. It's like I discovered that I am now only limited by my imagination. And I was photographing football players as giants leaning on their stadium. Mm-hmm. I was doing this in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And other photographers would see this and they're like, wow, where do I learn this? Right. And I didn't have an answer to that question. So I, I wrote a book. I was uh, one of the keynotes at Senior Photographers International. Mm-hmm. And I knew it's like, I'm going to show people I'm in, and how to do this. And they're going to want to know how, and I don't have an answer. I'm going to put together a guidebook for them. And so I put together this book and um, I had no idea the success that it would be. I ended up traveling around this, the country, helping studios convert to digital. But in my book, the way I explained it to these primarily old men who were not computer savvy, how do you teach them the concept of digital imaging? And so I used really, really simple tools. Like I used a light bright, you know, the light bright, the toy. Yes. So I actually took a picture of a light bright with a keyboard and a mouse by it. And I, and I told them that digital imaging is like a great big electronic light bright. You have a a picture made up of little colored pegs called pixels. And so many of the aspects would relate back to that. If you want to clone, it's like taking these light bright pegs and moving them over over here. Uh, the number of, of colors of pegs you have is like bit depth. Uh, if you want to make your picture bigger, you take your Mr. Potato Head and you plug the pegs in every other hole and fill in the gaps. That's interpolation. Right. And so by using really simple illustrations, we illustrated color space by using different boxes of crayons. And how did you learn that stuff? I mean, it wasn't YouTube. <laughs> no, it wasn't YouTube. Uh, a lot of experimentation and, and playing. Right. I, I've always been, you know, one to dive into things and, Ooh, I'm, I'm extremely curious. I have to know how everything works. So, um, and, and so that's how I learned. And I learned with a lot of trial and error. My first digital camera was a Minolta RD-175. It used three chips and a beam splitter to make a 1.75 yeah. megapixel image. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And it was $13,500. <laughs> yeah. 
People have no clue what it was like. And it was a car. <laughs> yes. My second digital camera was three megapixels for 15,000. And then we went to a, an unbelievable six megapixels for $21,000. What was the That's three, the what was the three megapixels? That camera? was the uh, Canon D2000 Kodak 520. Okay. And then the uh, Kodak uh, 560 was the six megapixels. My first 560 was 21,000. And then I bought a second one and the price had come down at that point to only 17,000. So I had nearly $40,000 tied up in two bodies and people <laughs> complain about the cost of gear now. Yeah. No idea. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, I had a film scanner, a Kodak 3570 film scanner. The light bulb went out in it. It was $4,782 to replace the light bulb. For the bulb, yeah. I still remember that price. I was maybe slightly bitter over it. <laughs> a, little, a little bit. <laughs> it, it's still there. It resonates a little bit now. <laughs> so so anyway, that's that's where I came from. So now in my teaching, you know, um, I try to illustrate things really simple. I have a, a styrofoam uh, mannequin head, yeah. and I show light patterns on that, and yeah. I illustrate it. So whenever I go to teach something, I, I, really, I really think about how can I illustrate this so that they truly, truly understanding it. Um, and that, and so I, I shoot a lot of stuff. People don't realize how much work I do just for teaching, right? You know, the stuff that I'm shooting, I shoot a lot of lighting pullbacks and, and things like that. So with my styrofoam head, I show and illustrate the exact lighting, uh, lighting patterns on the face and, and I illustrate, you know, the, uh, light ratio and things like that. So that's how I go about conveying that. Do you think it's been one of the best ways for you to learn is to prepare yourself to teach? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think that's a great way to say it is, you know, even if you know a lot, hearing things over and over reinforces it. We right. all know this. Right. Well, as I'm saying it over and over, I'm reinforcing it to myself as right. well. And, right. you know, there's times that I find myself, you know, on stage saying, you need to do this. And in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, Gary, you've been a little lax at that. You know, you need to, you need to be practicing what you're preaching. Yeah. And, you know, so it, I literally am kicking myself in the pants whenever I'm kicking other people in the pants as well. As you come to a convention or as you like peruse the interwebs and you see different websites and, and maybe even some of the people that are doing well today, what are some of the issues in your opinion that are lacking from a fundamental standpoint? Uh, lighting is a really big one. That's the one. Yeah, that's that's probably numero uno. You know, if people are saying, oh, I'm a natural light photographer as a defense for not knowing lighting, yeah. that's a problem. Yeah. Now, there's a few really talented natural light photographers sure. that can see the light, that can find the light, and, and that's great, mm -hmm. you know, but being able to uh, to work with reflectors and scrims and off-camera flash and, and other mediums really broadens your capabilities and what you're able to do. I mean, you know, I've had photographers say, oh, well, if it's cloudy, I reschedule. I, I can't reschedule. I have like a building and employees to pay for and things like that. Right. I've got to make it work no matter what the conditions are. Right. And, you know, so having that knowledge and the equipment to be able to do so, if it's cloudy, if it's full sun, I've got to make it work no matter what. You, you know, people come to a professional expecting results. You don't go to a, a doctor, think, hopefully, Hopefully he'll get it right. And he doesn't make diagnosis in as guesses. Well, maybe it's this, maybe it's this, you know, that that's not the experience you want with a professional doctor. 
I don't really think it should be the experience with a professional photographer either. Yeah. You know, you should be able to tell me what you want and I should be able to produce that as a pro. Are things better now than they used to be? <sighs> mm, I don't know. Um, not really. You know, sadly, I find so many people that are teaching photographers via workshops or yeah. YouTube or whatever. And I look and the information that they're giving out is incomplete or inaccurate. And I really think, you know, maybe you should be taking workshops and not teaching them. And, um, that, that I see so much of that. It's the blind leading the blind. So what can the blind that are being led do? If, if everybody's uh, blind. <laughs> yeah, everybody's blind, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and there's times that I feel blind as well. I, you know, I've said thousands of times that I know a lot, but I don't know at all. Sure. I come to these programs. You don't find Gary Box just roaming the halls and being social. I go and I sit in programs and I, and I have my iPad yeah. and I take notes that there is something in every program I can learn from. Right. Even if it's how not to give a program. Right. So I'm constantly trying, <laughs> it's true, you know, right. it, well, the only thing I got out of that is how not to do it. Well, you learned from your second owner of that company way back in the day, how not to run a business. Exactly. Too. And sometimes the best way to learn is from someone else that's doing it wrong or someone else's mistakes. Yes. Right. The second place that I see people really falling short is on the business end. Yeah. Um, you know, they're creatives and, you know, this whole concept of accounting and, and, you know, this type of stuff is just like, Oh, you know, right. uh, sales and effective pricing strategies and things like that. They just, they, they not very good at it mm -hmm. and they don't really, they shy away from even really trying to learn it. And, you know, I, I raised a family, we had seven, there were five kids and, right. you know, we wanted to live a nice lifestyle. So income was important. Right. And so I ran it like a business mm -hmm. and, um, it, it's, it's amazing how people run it, not like a business. Would you say that you are more businessman than artist or the other way around? I really would say I'm probably half and half. Um, you know, I, I, I am a very good business person. I'm, I'm good at sales and things like that. Uh, I have my own points that I struggle with. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and I'm, I'm a long way from the best photographer. I mean, there's so many people right here, right now that are so much better than me that sure. it's not even funny. Right. I am good. I know that mm -hmm. I'm good and I'm very, very consistent. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm a long way from the best Vicki, your, your wife oh, is a, sake. she is a far better photographer <laughs> than I am, but I would bet money that I'm Thank more you. consistent than she is. You, I, I, I think that's a safe bet. Okay. So, <laughs> um, you know, and, and I think consistency is really important. That's part of your branding. You yeah. know, one of the things I teach about branding is the branding is what people think of you when they hear your name right. and consistency is the way to achieve that. Right. If you're sometimes good and sometimes okay, you're never going to have that brand and that reputation of always mm. being good. Mm. Okay. And so consistency is really important in building that brand. And I think that that's really important. Um, sales getting, it doesn't matter how great your work is. If you can't turn it into cash, you're going to go broke. I mean, the bank doesn't take merits as a mortgage payment. Right. You know, they want dollars. They want money. Yeah. Green merits. Yeah. For a long time, that was what I was entirely focused on is green merits. Yeah. 
and I've run the gamut of business models. Um, I did a much higher volume in a medium price point. My peak year, I did 567 seniors, oh 42 weddings and about 500 other jobs. <laughs> so I was doing about 1100 sessions That's a year. Sick. And, um, I had nine employees, five full-time yeah. and four part-time. Yeah. I was making an incredible amount of money, yeah. but a lot of it was going out to payroll right. and everything like that. Right. No, and so I slowed down to a more moderate volume of business. I was doing 350 to 400 seniors for a long time, no weddings, and then a number of other jobs. And, and my pricing point at that point was probably, I would say the high end of the mid range. Mm-hmm. And to be perfectly honest, that is the stage of business where I made the most money mm-hmm. as far as bottom line profit. Mm-hmm. Now, well, I worked really, really hard though. Yeah. And now I'm getting older. I don't want to work that hard. Right. I don't need to work that hard. Right. Right. And so I, I, I don't. So now I've slowed down to a lower volume, higher price. I right. do a hundred seniors a year is my goal and a hundred non-seniors a year. Mm-hmm. And you know, my senior average this point is, you know, over third, over $3,000, about right. $3,100, just shy of that. Right. And you know, but I'm doing a hundred of them a year. A lot Pretty, of people that are claiming these averages are like, well, I only do like 20 a year. Right. And so I'm doing a hundred. Now I have $4,000, $5,000 seniors on a regular basis, but I also have $1,200 seniors right. too. Right. So, you know, it all averages out in the end. And my goal is to, is to, you know, maximize the sale from each and every person now, not maximize the number of heads I can get in the door. Sure. Sure. What do you, what are you most proud of over the last, it's been what, 30 years. What are you the most proud of? Wow. Um, I don't know. I've, I, I mean, I've had, I, in my opinion, I've had an amazing career. I've been phenomenally blessed. Um, you know, from, a from a personal standpoint, I, I have, a, I have amazing kids, yeah. you know, and I'm, I, I couldn't be any more proud of them, you know, raising five kids, my two and three step kids. I know people had more problems out of one kid than I had out of five. Right. And, you know, uh, a person from a personal standpoint, I'm really, really proud of every one of them. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and I've, I have built a, a life, uh, economically that I never would have dreamed I could have done. Mm. You know, I built an amazing home and paid for it in 10 years. I mean, nice. who does that? Yeah. So, uh, so I, I've, I've been really fortunate there photographically. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, I love, I love every amazing image that I've ever created. Mm. Mm. Uh, I love, um, I love having helped others and from a business standpoint, professionally, I don't know, helping others might be number one. I really, really mm-hmm. love it. So I spend a lot of time doing that. My Facebook group, the inside the box photo group, right. um, you know, I, I spend phenomenal amounts of time educating people. I have been called the shoot and burner of the educational world because I don't charge enough. Oh, I get it now. I, was like, <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that at yeah, first. Yeah, so it's like, okay, that's kind of funny, but you know what? I'm I'm okay with that because uh, for me, it's not about the money. I don't mm. charge people to be in my group. I don't charge people to. I don't charge people to help them. You right. know, I do charge for my workshops because there's right. a lot of time investment, and that time investment means that I'm not generating money from working clients. Uh, but I'm not a professional teacher. Ninety-five percent of my income comes from selling portraits. Right. Five percent comes from teaching. What's so. what's something that people can learn from one of your mistakes in the last thirty years? 
wow, I think I've made all of them or very, or many of them, you know, but the, the thing is, is I have, I've made so many mistakes. I just try not to repeat them. Right. And eventually you'll make all the mistakes and then you'll be doing everything right. Sure. If you don't repeat them. Right. So, um, you know, I've made pricing mistakes. I've been marketing to this day. You know, people seem to think, oh yeah, everything he does is awesome. I bet. Uh, no, I have absolute failures in marketing. Right. It's like, okay, you know, I'm going to try this. It's like, wow, that brought me two sessions. Okay. That right. was not what I was expecting. Right. And right. so, you know, I, I have, I've had a lot of failures too, but, uh, but I, I don't stop there. And, right. you know, I would say one of the biggest secrets to my success is we've heard for years in our industry, certain things that you should do, mm -hmm. you know, you should project, mm -hmm. you, you should show what you want to sell, right? All of these things that, you know, that people have said for years. And, and I don't know how, how many times have you heard these, these basic things? I've said them. You've said them. You know what the difference is in me? I actually do them. Well, that's a difference. And I do yeah. them religiously. Right. And, you know, and I'll be darned, this stuff works. Right. No, it does. So, and, and I've invested a lot into my own education and my own growth. Yeah. To this day, uh, last year I took two workshops that I took. I, I still want to learn. Yeah. Um, you know, years ago, sales-wise, um, some people may have heard of Bill Sorensen. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Bill is a sales master. I mean, amazing. He trained Rachel Martin and a lot of other people. Yeah. And you know, one of his two day workshops was like $1,200 to go to a yeah. sales workshop. And, um, well, I hired Bill one-on-one -on -one to come to my studio yeah. and you know, um, he, he doesn't pull any punches either. I mean, he walks into my sales room and I had hanging on my wall, the same image in 30 by 40, 24 by 30, 20 by 24, 16 right. by 20. Right. So you had that same image to display the sizes. It was called a Huffnagel display. Right. And the first thing Bill says when he walks into my sales room is he points at the wall and says, get rid of that crap and put something on the wall. Your customers will buy. <laughs> Yeah. So it's like, okay, so this is how this is going to be, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But you know, it, <laughs> it, it was, it was a major investment to right. be able to bring him one-on-one. -on -one. Right. It was infinitely worth it. Right. Uh, you know, he got me doing, uh, things that I never would have had the guts to do before, mm -hmm. you know, trying to sell three wall portraits, stop trying to sell everyone one big picture, right. sell them three small ones. It takes up the same amount of space. It will sell for more. Right. And oh my, I never would have believed. So I call a grouping of three, a trio, 50% right. of my seniors buy a trio. 50% of my clients are buying three wall portraits right. and people are thinking, God, I can't even get them to buy one. Right. And so I never, ever would have believed that I could have accomplished some of the things that I have mm. without being, you know, kicked in the pants myself. Right. Right. It, that's what it takes sometimes. Uh, where, where can people find all your stuff? It's, you have the inside the box. Well, on Facebook, Facebook I have a, an awesome Facebook group. And so far in my Facebook group, I think I have blocked over 700 people. <laughs> so what? yes, I have blocked. Is that, over real? Seven, that is absolutely real. I can pull it up on Facebook and show you. So um, For what? Well, you know, I find that really negative and arguing and bickering really, really runs off creatives. Yeah. And so I don't allow that in my you, group. You, I, you kick them out. Yes, I do. Uh, if you spam our group, you are out. Very curious. So yeah, it, it is. And um, <laughs> so yeah, if you start an argument and you start fighting, you'll get one warning and there is no second warning. You're out. You're just out. Yeah, that's it. You are blocked. <laughs> 
And, you know, I just, I won't tolerate it because it does, it, it kills creativity and, and I just, I won't have it. I appreciate that. Yeah. I bet you're, I bet the people that are not black also appreciate it. it, it exactly. So, uh, so it's inside the box photo group is yeah. the name of it. And it's a great source and you know, it is not just me. I share a lot. I do a lot of Facebook live videos and things like that, but there are many other really, really talented people that are sharing in there. A lot of people that are more talented than I am. What's your website? Um, my my senior website is boxseniors.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, my studio website is boxportraits.com mm-hmm. for non-seniors. And then my teaching website is universityofbox.com. Okay. And we call it U-Box. And I do have a, uh, I have a workshop uh, every year that I do. This year, my workshop is June 23, 24, and 25. Yep. The information is at universityofbox.com. Yep. It's three incredibly intensive days. You will leave with a headache because you have learned so much. So the first day is all business. It is branding. It is marketing. It is pricing. It is sales. I mean, we go into pro select and we actually show you exactly the routine that I go through the order that I sell things in the the things that I say, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I've got to give credit. Many of these things have come from people like Bill Sorensen and Rachel Martin and, and many, many others. I am a, uh, I am a, conglomerate of, of all these amazing sources that I've put together. And then the second day is all about photography. It's, it's lighting. We start with just really core basics, Mm -hmm. uh, lighting, posing, backgrounds, locations. Um, and you know, we, we start with the core basics and just like in one of my sessions, the first thing I'm going to do are your basic yearbooky shots. I'm going to get the boring stuff done. Then we can have some fun. Right. We do the same thing in our workshop. We talk about, these are the basics. This is what you need to know. And then we start doing some more fun stuff after that. The third day is all about workflow and productivity and efficiency. Um, if you're spending too much time in front of your monitor, that's a problem. While a lot of people are stuck in post-production, I'm already starting another session making more money. And so I'm all about efficiency there. I try to get as much as I can in camera, Mm -hmm. and then I want to do as little as I can in post-production. Sure, sure. And are you on the Instagrams? uh, I am on Instagram. It's really inactive right now. Mm -hmm. Two years ago, uh, life changes and studio changes, I... I had to slow down. Yeah. I literally pulled 100% of my marketing, social media presence, everything. I right. had to put the brakes on what was essentially a runaway freight train. Are you coming back? Um, yeah. And now I'm, now I'm at a really, really comfortable level and, and I need to start putting social, uh, getting back into social media sure. and things like that right now. So I'll t- my Instagram is box portraits. Um, okay. and it's really been inactive right now. So if you judge me by my Instagram, you'll think, <laughs> Oh yeah, whatever. Don't judge. Um, yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't no judgment here. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I pulled my Instagram intentionally because I had more business than I could literally handle. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, uh, it is. And so, so I've, I raised prices. I pulled marketing to try to regulate my business. And now I'm at a level that I'm really, really comfortable with. And I need to start working to maintain that level right now. Because I will share one thing with you that I discovered I had to slow down. Yeah. Okay. Um, I got divorced, lost a, you know, lost a partner and uh, things, things were were just chaotic at, at the beginning. It's right. like, I have to slow down. So I, I, I had to regulate things and I pulled all of my marketing and everything in an, in an attempt to slow down Sure, and it worked. It got me where I wanted to be. But one thing I will share with people is it was incredible how fast it slowed down, right? It slowed down faster than I thought it would have. 
was whenever that, you stopped was trying. Was that scary or was it good? Well, it, I wouldn't say it was scary, but it was definitely enlightening. Mm. And one of the things that it really said to me is if you are not actively marketing and promoting your business, yeah. you are dying. Right, right. And so now that I've got it to a point that I want it to be at, I've got to get back into that marketing right. or I will be dying yep. as well. But I was really shocked, even with a, a, at that point, a 28 year history. And you know, I've, I've 16,000 clients I've had, mm-hmm. you know, you'd think, oh yeah, I don't really need to be doing all this marketing. It was crazy how fast it slowed down, yeah. which I needed it to. So it wasn't a bad thing, but, um, but it was enlightening. You have to keep at it in order to stay where you're at. at least. Absolutely. If right. you're not marketing and advertising, right. I can guarantee you, you're not growing and you're, you're probably not even stable. You're right. probably shrinking. Right. No, I think so, that's a good you know, point. people, they, they say that, you know, you should be spending 5% of your gross revenue in advertising right. to maintain. And if you're trying to grow more like seven to 8%. Right. Right. And so, uh, you know, that's something that people really need to think about. I've heard it's those part numbers. of that business equ- equation as well. Right. Right. Hey, you know what? Thanks for doing this. You were solicited by me just in the trade show. Absolutely. Out of the clear blue sky and you and you did this graciously. I appreciate your time. I've got the highest respect for you and Vicky and so many other people in this industry. I appreciate so. it, man. Yeah. Until next time. All right. Nice talking to you.